All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Talk the Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Ken, joined by my co-host, Derek. And let's just get right to it. Just finished Monday Night Football. It was the Bengals against the Browns. And damn, 32-13, to Browns. I know if you didn't watch Monday Night Football, you wouldn't be expecting that score, but it was a nightmare for Joe Burrow tonight and the Bengals. Yes, it was. The Bengals came out in Halloween dressed up as an L and and definitely took one. Everybody that took the over got screwed, too, because that game was 45 points and the, and the points was 45.6, so... That just further goes to prove that the NFL is fixed. <laughs> now, there's another thing that you've said every every uh, episode about certain teams, and and I'm sure Joe Burrow is 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 feeling it right now. And oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent CTE game. I mean, they didn't necessarily get clear shots at them. And Burrow, he's a smart quarterback. He knows when to lay down. But it was a free-for-all. Nobody was blocking. I don't think anybody showed up to actually protect the quarterback. Right. And it, it was it was crazy, even in the first half. Like, the Browns, even on their first score, the, the Bengals get a penalty for having 12 men on the field. So the Browns say, fuck it, let's go for two. So not only did... Did Nick Chubb run that one in uh, for the touchdown, but he ran it in again for the two-point conversion. And right. it was just all downhill from there. The Bengals' offensive line couldn't block for shit. Uh, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. I mean, Brissett gave them their chances, you know, but no matter what – the Bengals couldn't capitalize, and you can kind of see uh, how much they're missing Jamar Chase right now. Where you know Burrow can get out, get the ball out quickly, and get it to a, a receiver that can get open in tough situations or catching traffic. You can really see that uh, how much they were missing him. And another thing is the Bengals' kicker wasn't making a damn thing today. Yeah. I think he knew. I think he knew what time it was, but um, that's just been the theme with kickers this weekend: not making a damn kick. And for players that really all they do is stretch and practice, it's not like they're out there with pads on taking hits. No, they're out there doing Pilates and shit. And all they have to do is make kicks. And you know, it's just unfortunate to see kickers not making shit this weekend. Uh, and it continued into Monday night. But I will say this about Chase. I will – sure, I know that it's easy to blame the, the loss on Chase not being there. And I know to an extent that chemistry that him and Burrow have did have an effect on the game. But who the fuck was Chase going to block? Was Chase going to block Miles Garrett? Because no, the fuck he was not. Nobody was blocking Miles Garrett or anybody else on that off on that defensive line. So, I mean, even with Chase there, I think the Browns were just – this was just their night. They had a good game plan. They came out, and they said, we're not going to give you enough time to throw deep routes because Higgins was ca- – he's capable of having big games. Uh, he is legitimately a wide receiver one, and you saw that on the play that he made when Burrow went to Higgins and he went right over top of the corner as if the, the corner wasn't even there. But the blocking, ultimately, you know, when you have a non-blocking-ass line, then you're going to lose those games. Right, yeah. it's It was it was really bad, and yet I don't think anyone expected this. Of course, uh, for those of you who watched Monday Night Football and watched the, the Manning stream where the Manning brothers, Peyton and Eli – you know, have certain guests on there. Did you notice that all the guests that they had were all Browns fans? Yeah. I think they normally try to do the home the home team. So whoever the home team is, they try to bring in fans of, of that side. Yeah, I, I never I, even, I think that's really normally. 
but uh yeah it was that was crazy I, you know in, in the first half you kind of saw it they still had a, a decent lead but you know thinking Joe, Joe Burrow you know you got Joe Mixon everyone else on the fucking offense but you know you had a you, there's always a shot that they come back but with that O line it was just it was not their night and like you said Miles Garrett he's a you know he's he's the top rusher in the league for a reason, but uh, hey, you know it, it just wasn't their night. Yeah, but. yeah, and that's the benefit of being a suck ass team for such a long time, is that you you know they have so many top five picks that it's only a matter of time until you hit on one, and so Miles Garrett was one of the picks that they actually hit on, and a player like that just changes the whole defense. They have to account for him. And then when they account for him, they leave others open. Uh, so, I mean, it's he's a game changer for sure. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Browns are, if Deshaun Watson can get to, you know, to somewhat what he was before the suspension and layoff, you know, because he hasn't played football in over two years. So if he can get back to the way he was, that team can make some noise in that division. They're not out of the division race. Right, you can uh, you can definitely see little little parts of the game where if Deshaun Watson was there and he was at playing at full strength, that it would have been a difference in the game. Of course, he did good tonight, but there was a there was a play in the game where the Bengals rushed for a set and he was trying to get the ball out instead of getting sacked. And a play like that, just take the sack. You guys already have the lead. Um, instead, he tried to get rid of the ball and it ended up uh, being a fumble in which the Bengals, you know, recovered. But still, they still weren't able to capitalize on that, just like anything yeah. else that they, you know, they weren't able to capitalize today. But, I mean, it is what it is. The kickers, even then, they had a chance to put points on the board early. And, yeah, they, like you said, it just seems to be a weekend where kickers just can't make shit. For whatever yep. reason, you know, they just – they're just missing everything. So, even – I mean, the Bengals here even missed a point after, an extra point. So, one of the most routine kicks that they have to have to make, he missed it. So yep. – um, but, yeah, there's not much to that game anyways. Uh, the last few minutes went by very fast because at that point – they saw that they weren't going to make a comeback and you really don't want to risk injuring anybody that, you know, you just don't want to make that risk, especially coming up later in the season or mid season. Right. And so, then, and then you could kind of see how they were sitting Kareem Hunt at the end. Um, I don't know if they're sitting him because they, you know, he's been, his name's been thrown around in trade talks. I don't know exactly who's been calling the Browns for Kareem Hunt, but I do know that uh, he is due to get paid here soon, and it's probably not in their best interest for salary cap purposes to have two paid running backs. So I definitely think that they're going to try to deal him, and hopefully hopefully there's trades tomorrow. You know, there was only one trade today, the, the linebacker to the Ravens, but hopefully there's more trades tomorrow since tomorrow's the deadline. Yeah, I, I definitely have heard heard talks about Kareem Hunt being in there. I can't remember exactly what teams might have been interested, but yeah, you're right. Now, he's going to get paid if, or he's gonna want to get paid. And with Nick Chubb next to him, you know, in the lineup, it's kind of like, you know, are you gonna pay both of us on top of Deshaun Watson, right. or are you you're gonna let us go somewhere where we can actually get paid and you know, I mean, it's nice to have that two-headed monster, but at the same time, it's like, you know, when you kind of want to stick with the guy that's on fire, and when both are on fire, you're going to get to the point where, you know, your your salary cap, even though it's being raised, can't handle that kind of um that kind of star power, unless you know they pull a Tom Brady and they're like, oh, you know, I'll take a pay cut, right? You know, and in this league, you don't see that very often. And, you know, when Tom Brady did it, he he had already made a shit ton of money, you know, as it is. He was just after the 
the championships. But a team like the Browns, even as good as they did today, um, the Bengals are kind of a shit team this year. You know, they're not really showing um, – they did last week where they showed little glimpses of, you know, look how great we can be. But at the same time, you have to win these division games. And, you know, you still got to see Baltimore another time. Yeah. And um, so – Yeah, that yeah. is a big deal because the Bengals, while they're only 4-4 four and four, and they're only one game behind the Ravens in the division, they're 0-3 in the division. So they've already lost to all three of the teams in that division. So they pretty much need to win out on the rest of the division games uh, or or beat out the Ravens record-wise. Uh, but they're only one game back. Uh, Jamar Chase was not put on IR, so I guess he is. I guess it is a hip injury that you could just sleep off. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's got the copper fit. Maybe he's doing the icy hot shit. But <laughs> – Either way, they're talking about the hip like you don't really need it, and he's just you know he doesn't need to go on IR. So hopefully he can come back in the next couple of games, and uh, and and Cincinnati can stay in that race because that division is really close. The Ravens are only one game ahead of Cincinnati and two games ahead of the ahead of the Browns. So and the Browns are also waiting a couple of weeks for Deshaun to come back. So I feel like both of those teams are waiting to see if they can make a late season push to actually get into the playoffs. And, you know, the Ravens are semi-inconsistent, so it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility for that team, for those either of those teams, really. Well, yeah, we're getting to that time of year where you start seeing the good teams show how good they really are. And the bad teams are either going to make a choice to, you know what, fuck it, let's see what we can get in the draft or – you know, let's spoil some other somebody else's, uh, you know, playoff playoff um, dreams. So, all right, moving on. The Sunday Night Football, it was Green Bay at Buffalo. It, the game, as far as the score goes, looked a lot closer than it really was. Um, I think Buffalo kind of just led them in the game in the second half. Either that or, you know – you can't really count Aaron Rodgers out. He did. He was uh, making connections with Romeo Dobbs, but right. Um, you know, Josh Allen is just a, a totally different animal. You know, he's That's a true. he's a he's a big dude. He could run the ball, and you know, you're gonna need a you're gonna need a linebacker or lineman to take that man down, especially running full speed. Now you did uh, see it early in the first quarter where where um, Josh Allen took off and almost made it a touchdown, but it got stopped cold uh, the uh, the one yard line, and uh, you know it was it was a a pretty big hit. But you know this is the difference between Josh Allen and a lot of mobile quarterbacks. After that hit where he just got flatlined, um, <clears throat> he gets right up and smiles at the defender. Any other quarterback probably would have gone up a little bit slow. You know, that, yeah. Josh Allen, 6'5", 235, I believe. Uh, he's a big dude. And later on in the game, not not too much later, I think it was still in the first half, he took off for a first down and actually slid. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny because they showed him looking at the coaches and made kind of like a, you know, the electric slide kind of motion toward right. his coaches. You know, kind of like, hey, look, I can I can slide. I could slide too, but I, I thought yeah. that was kind of funny. But and he good. needs to. Yeah, he definitely does. Even though he is a big quarterback, yeah, just kind of like Cam Newton, he can run exactly. around, throw the ball. He's got a cannon for an arm, but eventually those hits add up. And uh, you know, he at least he knows how to protect himself. That's one thing Cam Newton just never seemed to learn. So. Well, that was one thing I was going to say was that he, it does remind me of Cam Newton because I feel like Cam Newton in his prime, he was he was big. He could run it. He could run people over, and he can also throw. Like, he had a rocket arm, and he was accurate. But one too many times, he just did not slide. And eventually, that CTE crept up on him, and then, then you know, he, he wasn't what he was. And who knows? Maybe it wasn't CTE. Maybe he was just washed. 
but taking those hits, it's always fun and games and smiling, and it's great. Andrew Luck used to do the same thing when he played. When he would get hit hard and he would get sacked, he would smile, hey, good job, good job. And then he ended up retiring early. So I do feel like at some point you kind of, you know, there is some merit to what Tom Brady did. The way he just lays down the second he feels a defender, you got to do that. Maybe not the like the avocado ice cream and the avocado toast, but you do need to lay down when somebody puts their hand on you because even though you're 6'5", this is the NFL, and it only takes one to kind of, you know, to knock something loose. So, and and without Josh Allen, the Bills are trash because he rushes the ball more than they run run it with the running backs, which still doesn't make any sense to me because they have three running backs. Singletary was having a solid game, and then they drafted James Cook, and you know, it's, instead of, of course, instead of giving them more carries and kind of taking the air out the ball, they continue to just run it with Josh Allen and continue to try to throw the ball when they should, in all reality, be dominating the Packers. So they did let the Packers hang around a lot more than they should have in that game. Well, I mean, in that game, yeah, to say they let them hang around, I guess, to an extent, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was putting it on his receivers. And I believe Christian Watson left with a concussion. Now, that motherfucker got some CTE. That shit. He got. That shit was like the first got, play. He, yeah, he got rolled up pretty good. Uh, it looks yeah. like he his neck got caught up and got turned a, a, a weird way. But, yeah, he, he left the game early with a concussion. And, uh. But yeah, the, the the throws he was making to Dobbs was was great, man. And mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time, you saw Aaron Rodgers smile. And so I was like, "Holy shit, this man's actually human." He was There's manifesting. Shit. He was getting ready to say, "Damn it!" Yeah, he manifested those smiles and manifested those uh, those catches because, um, you know, I, I I definitely think that had a, a part to play in it. But you know it was, yeah. The game was was kind of at, out of reach at that point. They were down by three scores at you know, late in the second half. So it was kind of, you know, they were fighting the losing battle, especially knowing if Josh Allen wanted to, he could have just turned it on and, you know, like hit a hit another deep ball to Stephon Diggs, which I thought that shit was funny yesterday where they showed Diggs after he made like a forty yard catch or some shit. And you can see him running downfield with his mouthpiece just bouncing around. He makes the catch. Next thing you know, he's out the next few plays. And they show him on the sideline. And he's sticking his tongue out, like, saying, like, <laughs> I bit my tongue. And, uh, and yeah, I thought that show was kind of funny. Just uh, <laughs> seeing him, like, yeah, motherfucker, I bet you did bite your tongue. You know, you, you're running down the motherfucking field with your mouthpiece out. Like, yeah, talking mad shit before the game even started, chasing the Packers up the fucking right. Park. I didn't even know you could come out with the other team. Like, I didn't even know well, they have one. Tunnel. They have one tunnel, so one tunnel in, one tunnel out. <laughs> so both teams are coming out the same tunnel. But um, yeah, I saw him coming out with with the Packers, and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah. And part of me wanted him to. To kind of fail because of that, yeah. No, he fucking went off. Oh, so, I thought you were gonna start if you wanted him to end up like the Michigan player. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he was inspired by the Michigan and Michigan State. The <laughs> <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State one tunnel problem. I feel like stadium designers really need to take that into consideration. That there really should be more than one tunnel. There's kind of no excuse for that. Um. But, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that minus the violence because it's the NFL, and at the end of the day, you're not trying to get suspended and lose game checks. So, apparently, they're going to be getting a new stadium in 2026, but we'll see. You know, knowing that organization, they'll probably make just one tunnel. (laughs) Right. They can keep the stadium. They just have to make another tunnel, make some underground El Chapo shit. Like, just do something (laughs) that allows the other team to come out 
of the other side. Because in college, I understand it, whatever. But in the pros, I mean, there's no excuse. Lambeau Field should have two tunnels. Or no, it wasn't Lambeau Field. No, it was, it was Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. They should have two tunnels. And they should definitely get a new stadium. But then again, when you're a suck-ass team for so long, it's hard to get stadiums. Look at the look at the commies. They can't get a stadium because they've been trash forever. So you have to, you have to actually win games before you could break ground. Because I'm sure, I'm sure when they went to the city council and asked, they probably laughed them out of the room. Like build a stadium for the Bills? Fuck out of here! Yo. Well, Y'all I will say this, like I will say this: the Bills do have some really loyal fans and you have to be loyal to be a Bills fan. You have to like, there's no other team to go to four straight Super Bowls and lose them all. No other team of the NFL has done that. And, you know, they finally have another opportunity this year, you know, last year too, to make it, it to the game and actually walk out with Lombardi. So, yeah, and they regularly well, put each other through tables, which is wild. I mean, it's a wild, <laughs> it's a wild tradition to have. You're about to show yeah. up early so I can get put through a table real quick before the game starts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we're not uh, even going to talk about that, CTE amongst the fans. There's really no need to get into that. No, that doesn't really matter. You know that. <laughs> That doesn't really matter. <laughs> Unless they're like military vets. I mean, get, nobody really gives a fuck about the fans. <laughs> Unless it's like some kid that, that doesn't know any better. And, you know, otherwise, I mean, do you really give a shit? No, a lot of them are already drunk out of their, off their ass. So, you yeah. know, it's, it doesn't really matter. They, if I've seen fans fall from the nosebleeds and still walk out. Okay, <laughs> you know, so CT among fans, it it doesn't matter. We we don't give a shit about that. So, <laughs> uh, I, I do want to go over the game of the week. Now it's not America's game of the week, but the game of the week, which would be the Panthers against Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. Hundred percent game of the week was. Back and forth, um, and it, the score ended up being, I think, 37-34. The Panthers had a chance to win that game late late in the game. P.J. Walker throws a bomb, a 62-yard bomb to D.J. Moore, completes the TD pass, and those six points tied the game up at 34. D.J. Moore proceeds to take his helmet off <laughs> and just start celebrating like he's never been there before. Um, he hasn't. And, and ended up catch, <laughs> catching catching uh, a unsportsmanlike conduct play, which pushed the point after back to I think forty eight yards, forty eight forty nine yards. The kicker misses that point, the extra point, to win them the game. <laughs> so they go to OT. Um, Falcons get the ball first and the Panthers get a pick in OT and they fucked that opportunity up too. Atlanta ends up winning the game by a field goal. <laughs> that, game, that game was so great because it was a battle for first place. First off, like there was a lot on the line. Because you you know wh- wh- whatever team won that game walked out of that stadium knowing that they are number one in the trashest division in the league. So you got two teams with losing records, and only one can be on top of all the other suck ass teams. Now, uh, not only not only do you have that, but you have two trash teams that can't do shit right. So I I mean I understand DJ Moore. You know, he popped off his helmet. I get it. Probably shouldn't have done that. But the second I saw the kicker for the Panthers, I just knew he was going to miss that shit. He looks like a missed field goal. Like, if you were to <laughs> tell somebody to draw what a missed field goal looks like, <laughs> so, 
somehow you end up with a picture that resembles him. He just looked like he was going to shank that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Vinatieri was... Like, I feel like Justin Tucker and Vinatieri are different. Like, Vinatieri was killing lions and shit on the offseason. And he came out and you're like, oh, he's about to fucking... He's about to make a kick. This motherfucker kills endangered species. But fuck this kicker. I was like, yeah, this motherfucker is missing this shit. He's shocked that they're even in the game still. Because yeah, I felt the same way about watching the kicker tonight for the Bengals. But yeah, even like Justin Tucker, he plays a doctor for Royal Farms. Right. <laughs> Feeding chickens chicken. So, you know... That is true. That is true. He might not kill like endangered species, but he does. He does. Uh, he does get the promos in for that team. And uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't believe the uh, just how that game ended. It, it was <laughs> it was so funny just watching that fall apart. And <laughs> like you said, it was just just a suck ass team doing suck ass shit. Right, because it was. A- up after fuck up like you know the the falcons blow a coverage right because he was double covered so they blew the coverage or the prevent or whatever the fuck they were running that didn't work so they blow that shit so then the panthers come out blow the kick because naturally that's what the fuck you do when you're two and five to be two and five is hard like you got to be committed to losing games you don't just that's not a couple bad calls here and there. No, two and five, they're fucking trash. And they're running out of people to blame because they already got rid of the coach. They got McCaffrey out there. Baker's not starting. Like, they're running out of scapegoats. And so and so they come out. They miss the 48-yarder. So then, you know, naturally it goes into overtime. So then the Falcons try to give it away again. Mariota's like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to throw this pick. <laughs> and they run the pick all the way down to the 15 so that the field goes only 33 yards instead of 48, and he misses it. And then Mariota, not wanting to throw another pick, realized, well, if I could, just, if I just run, this is the one way I won't throw a pick. And so, you know, he runs, and then that kicker's different. He made it. But, no, it was it was overall a bad effort. And I do feel I do feel bad for the Panthers, you know, because it was they did drop the ball. And I in a way I do feel bad for the suck ass kicker because they actually had leaked footage of in the locker room after the game. And this was the kicker. Exclusive. You're not going to hear that shit on any other network. That was exclusive (laughs) from the locker room after blowing two fucking kicks. (laughs) Exclusive take from Todd the Block, people. Oh uh, shit! Sorry, thirty-three <laughs> yarder, and you know DJ Moore was dying to blame him afterwards. Is there like, do you feel like taking off your helmet <laughs> caused you the game? And he's like, yeah, you know, I probably shouldn't have took off my helmet, but deep down inside, he's like, no, fuck that dude. He missed a forty-eight and a thirty-three. Like the thirty-three yeah. excuse for that shit. The 33, you're not even getting on the team bus with your fucking frail ass. But yeah, yeah. it was pretty pretty bad. But let's let's get the other uh, other games. So the Broncos and Jags played early in the game or early in the day yesterday. They were in London, so it was every time a team plays in London, I always miss the fucking game. But um, yeah, Broncos finally got a win. You know, I'll be it was against another shitty team in the Jags, but a win's a win, especially going into a into a bye. It's always good to go into a bye with a W, so I guess I'll count that. But um, you know, you, you saw a little bit of the old Russell Wilson late in the game. 
he threw a 49-yard bomb to KJ Hamler. But um, but yeah, I, the, there's there's no telling after tomorrow if Russell Wilson's even gonna have Hamler or, or Jerry Judy um, for the following game. So I mean, do you think that someone might want to trade for them? Any of them? I mean, I find it interesting. I definitely think the Packers need to trade for any receiver that's name comes up. Any receiver that's out there available, I think the Packers should pursue. Um, but I do find it interesting that, at least from the Broncos, I've heard that Judy could possibly get traded, but they're looking for you know, high draft picks and a lot of draft capital. I don't think they're really going to get that for Judy. But I find it interesting that Chubb keeps coming up also, that they keep saying that there are teams willing to give up a first-rounder for Chubb, and that doesn't really make sense because that's, you know, in, in all reality, that's the leader of the defense. So why would you deal Chubb and if you're – unless you're in a full rebuild, I don't understand why they would be interested in dealing Chubb. I understand Judy because receivers do grow on trees. You could find another Judy. Um, maybe not exactly like Judy because he was – if I'm not mistaken, he was drafted in the first round. And, I mean, they – I guess they could get a first-round receiver pretty high considering how bad the season's going so far. But – they have other receivers that can kind of make up for it. But if they trade Chubb away, I mean, that's pretty much – that's packing it in for the year. Yeah, I think um, I think a, a player like, like Bradley Chubb, it, it's a lot harder to replace him in the draft than it would be to replace a receiver. Right. I think you know, the receivers, you know, they, they – you know, they're, they're out there. They're coming, you know, you can get them. You can get a nice speedy receiver out of college. You know, Bama is one of those teams that always produces NFL talent yeah. along with all the other big schools. So it's not going to be hard to get a receiver, but to get a player like like Bradley Chubb, it's, you know, for his keen eye for the ball and for the quarterback, it's, it's not going to be as easy. You see that with, you know, even with the Bills, you know, you see a big – uh, production from their defense since they got um, fuck what's his name Von Miller so yeah. defensive players are hard to come by yeah um, so yeah I, I don't I, I've heard that name come up but I think it was just just talks I don't think now if they do give him up then that's one of the dumbest moves and I think that would be more along the lines of them trying to get some kind of money or draft capital back from yeah. the mistake they made by getting um, Russell Wilson. But at the same time, it's kind of like you got Russell Wilson, you, you gave away all this shit and all this money for Russell, build a team. Uh, don't let go of, of certain players like that. I understand if you want to get rid of, um, you know, Jerry Judy or Hamler, because like I said, you can pick somebody else up for agency or, you know, somewhere else, but, but yeah, getting rid of Chubb, that'd be one of the biggest mistakes they made next to the Russell Wilson um, acquisition. Right. Because their defense is really good. I mean, they, they have pieces in place uh, that they're, you know, their defense has a lot of potential. It's just been, the offense has been out of sync and they haven't been able to consistently score. And I, I don't know if that has anything to do with the injury that, that Russell Wilson had or has been playing with. But, yeah, they ever since he said, you know, let's ride, it hasn't been going down. It has not been going well for the Broncos. So we'll see tomorrow's the day if they, if they trade Chubb or not. I'm sure there's plenty of interest when it comes to a player like that. Um, not sure exactly who has the draft capital to do it. Yeah, that that's probably the biggest thing is who's going to be able to to give up those picks or you know to to trade someone away that's equal or you know has that kind of value, especially on defense. Yeah. I would love for him to go to the Niners. That'd be fucking great, but they don't have anything to trade. Yeah, you know, how did you? I mean, they could trade their picks from twenty thirty, 
But how did you feel about the Roquan Smith uh, trade to the Ravens that happened today? Oh, damn. So, so that they gave means a second and a Bears. fifth rounder. That means the Bears have what? Nobody? Pretty much. Pretty much, and I know Roquan was happy when that happened. He was like, "Yes, I'm, I'm out of here. Well, I'm not well, getting you, franchise uh, tag." You he saw how tears of joy this time. Yeah, you saw how we acted when Robert Quinn uh, left for the Eagles. Right. So he was definitely happy to go, especially to the Ravens, um, to boost up that defense that has potential, but was nothing like the defense they had years ago back when they had like right. Ray Lewis or Terrell Suggs, you know, so it's definitely a, a building, you know, a defense that's, that's got a lot more potential in a team with a lot more potential than the bears did. Right. But and yeah, I like sure. the direction that the Ravens are going. I, I, I feel like they've understood and realized that they're not going to be able to outscore the bills and the chiefs. That's just not going to be how they beat them. So they figure might as well load up on the defensive side of the ball and see if you can slow them down. And if you slow them down, then you know Lamar Jackson's explosive enough and that offense can score enough to where you could possibly, you know, grind out a win against those two teams. So I do like the direction they went instead of trying to outscore them. They're just building up the defense, which is pretty smart, especially for us. Uh, they're getting a first-round linebacker for a second and a fifth that's not even a lot of picks if you if you think about it it's a it's a second and a fifth most likely a late second and a fifth I know that the Ravens are a good drafting team so you are they are giving up uh possibility you know possible good players and Roquan is on a contract year so they're most likely gonna have to pay him and Lamar Jackson this offseason but at least for now, it looks like a good move, at least I think, for the Ravens. Yeah, I saw Lamar holding up a sign um, after they beat Tampa Bay. And it says, uh, I think it said, pay the man. So, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's going out there, he's playing hard. But at the end of the day, he's still thinking like, hey, I'm, I'm waiting. Still waiting, motherfucker. He's like. Right. Know, waiting for that paycheck, you know. Deshaun Watson got got his contract, and he's still not on the field, and he won't be until after what week eleven, right? And who knows how how well he's gonna play coming back after being out for as long as he has. And you know, right. Jacoby who... Brissett's kind of gonna be like, "Damn, man, I just did all this shit, played all this time. Like at, at some point, you just gotta, you know. I think Brissett's gonna be like." This is fucked up, you know. But he, uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett. He's right now. I think he's playing for his potential starting job somewhere else, or you know, to to be just a, a higher quality backup. Yeah, but, which is not bad. I mean, you're a good backup. You get paid well. You don't necessarily get blamed for any losses, and you don't really. You're not. You're less susceptible to CTE. So I mean I think a backup quarterback's pretty straight. But uh I think I think yeah, I think with Deshaun there's a lot there's a lot to uh look forward to for the Browns. And you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully he stays away from the massage parlors in Cleveland. All right, all right, let's move on. Let's, <laughs> let's move on to another game happened yesterday. It was uh Dallas against the Bears. Speaking of the Bears, because uh, the trade they just made to, to get rid of Roquan Smith. Dallas beats Chicago 49-29. And uh, one thing, I had Pollard, Tony Pollard, on my fantasy team. Because, you know, I knew Zeke was going to be out. And I I know Pollard can, can break those big runs. And he, he proved pretty good. You know, 14 carries for 131 yards, three TDs on the day, and one catch for 16 yards. Um, Dak also turned um, a QB sneak, which I've never seen before, QB sneak in the 25 yards, which was is impressive. 
but I mean, the story of that day was more of the defense. The defense just took charge that game. I mean, four sacks had a fumble six, but I mean, even the Bears defense had a pick six off a of Dak. But you know, it was a, definitely a high scoring game, just like a you know a lot of games this this weekend. But uh, but yeah, what, what do you got to say about about Dallas and yesterday? And I know that's your team, so. I mean, I think the defense. I think the defense looked well, of course, in in the areas that they always look well in. So, and as far as pass defense, I think they look good. But when we're talking about rush defense, I mean, the Bears ran the ball really well in that game. Now they are one of the better rushing teams in the league, and of course, they didn't do anything else. But they were able to run the ball pretty effectively. So. I mean, I would say if you're if you're a Bears fan, that's definitely something to look forward to, because they, I mean, they can't run the ball. And Fields, uh, you know, aside from jumping over Michael Parsons and letting him score, uh, Fields had a pretty good game as well. The only thing with Fields is the same thing with Josh Allen. I feel like they're relying a little too much on the running ability, and they need to design a little more you know, a couple more packages to where he's throwing the ball and not necessarily taking off because, I mean, it's all, it's good for the quarterback to outrush the running back, but it's not good for longevity. You don't want your quarterback to be outrushing uh, the running back. But I will say, as far as the Cowboys' offense, look really good with Pollard in there. Now, of course, it's the Bears. It's kind of hard to, you know, to gauge it because the Bears haven't really stopped any running back. They have a, a terrible rush defense, so it's it's hard to tell. But Pollard's explosive. He's clearly more explosive than Zeke, but I still prefer the one-two punch because Zeke is more – he will bulldoze you. So if you're inside the five, Zeke will definitely score the touchdown. He's more likely to score over Pollard. But, but Pollard has that big playability, and that big playability, that could change a game, especially when the defense – is keeping the other offense in check. So I like what I'm seeing so far. Um, I just think a lot of this Pollard, you know, trade Zeke talk is a little – it's a little premature. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. But, um, yeah, Dallas, with Dallas' win and Giants falling to Seattle yesterday, which we'll get on Seattle another time, um, that brings two teams in the NFC East at 6-2. and two. And you have obviously the Eagles at seven and zero. I do have to to ask this because, uh, you know, if you talk to an Eagles fan, my opinion is always different from theirs. Uh, me personally, I don't think the Eagles are as good as their record shows. Um, I do think that they're going to fall apart uh, later on in the year. It's it, there is a chance. But do you think the Eagles are legit? I, I do see the, the NFC East as being the strongest NFC division. That's obvious right now. Yeah, yeah but, no, definitely the strongest division right now. Um, I definitely think the Eagles are for real, though. That team is really good. I feel like their defense has improved uh, between the draft and just players playing better. They've improved. And then A.J. Brown is just a beast. Like what A.J. Brown did – yesterday scoring three times like he was so good that he said they drug tested him this morning which is <laughs> which is pretty wild <laughs> they, they drug tested him this morning after that performance last week and it just made me wonder because i remember when tom brady was setting the league on fire you know two years ago I was I just wondered how many times did they test him because he was 75 years old and he was an MVP candidate and won the Super Bowl on a on a COVID year like there wasn't even a training camp and his 75 year old ass I wonder how many times they tested him just saying but um it's a little <laughs> different when you're a receiver putting up numbers and a QB it's a little different now. Yeah, you must be doing something right if if you go off this season and they're like, hold on, let's let's test this motherfucker, make sure right. his testosterone isn't on a higher level than it should be, right? Or you know, whatever. 
but comparing a receiver to a to a quarterback is is two totally different things. Because not to mention, Tom Brady was never a mobile quarterback. Now, if he had ta- started taking off running and pulled some of the Mark Jackson, <laughs> then you drive past him. <laughs> then, yeah, definitely. I would be like, yo, where are the needle marks? Start right. looking for back knee and shit, and just now Tom Brady does look uh, like like a shell of himself. He even looks different. Like I remember when I was looking up teams because, like I've said it before, I do FanDuel fantasy since we can't do straight up bets here in Maryland yet online. Yeah, uh, yeah I saw Tom Brady's picture and I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" I was like, "Oh shit, that's Tom Brady!" <laughs> like he looks totally different. He his face looks a little sunken in. And I was like, damn. And uh, I'm, I am curious if his game's going to start improving now that he finalized the divorce with Giselle. Does that mean like, hey, I don't have to deal with this shit no more and I can mm-hmm. focus on football? Or does that mean like the the falling apart continues and then you see this man crash for good? Um, so I, I am a little curious on that. But as far back to the Eagles – uh, I, I am waiting for them to kind of have a misstep because uh, I, I do – I am curious to see how they are in the second half of the season, especially how, you know, they get up to a, a, a really big lead in the first half and they kind of fall apart or stumble in the second half where they're not scoring as many points and teams have the potential to, to catch up in the second half. Now, if – like I'll say this, like w- when they played Dallas, there was a chance for Dallas to come back in the second half. And yeah, I think uh, the Eagles might have scored like seven or 10 points, but still you saw that, that missed that from them in the second half, kind of like they, they put it all on the line the first half and the second half, they just kind of, kind of, you know, get lax. So I am curious how they, how they go later on down the year. Cause Let's say they make it to the Super Bowl. They're gonna have to see a high flying team like, you know, the Bills or or, or um, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So you're gonna have to keep that up for all four quarters. So that's yeah. that. That's my my only gripe with the Eagles. Yeah, they they added a pass rusher, you know, last week. So you know you can see other teams potentially not catch up because of that one thing. You said it earlier, you know, in the show that, you know, a, one one player on defense, especially a pass rusher, can change the whole defense. And, and yeah. you see that with a lot of teams. If they can't get to the quarterback, um, it gives that quarterback time. And those those uh, cornerbacks, you know, it's hard to guard a receiver or running back or tight end or whatever out there for, for a long period of time. But um, – but yeah, it's uh, I, I am yeah. curious. I'm waiting to see if they fall apart. So yeah, I don't I don't know if I don't know if we're gonna see that. I mean, I think aside from injury, um, I think they're they're built to have a deep playoff run. They're a really good team. They can score a lot of points. They have a lot of weapons. So I I mean I definitely think that they will be one of those teams that will most likely either, you know, make it to the NFC Championship or, or make it to the Super Bowl, possibly. Um, it's just hard to tell because the schedule is very weak. I mean, even the next three games, they got Houston, Washington, Indianapolis. And those are three wins right there, realistically. So they could they could possibly be 10-0. and You know, then they got Green Bay, which, I mean, they can be 11-0 and because Green Bay is pretty trash also. So they don't really start playing real teams until the end of the year. And, of course, there's the Christmas Eve game against Dallas, which is most likely going to be a game of the week whenever that happens. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it, they have pretty easy games, smooth sailing until December. Um, they don't really play any, any good teams. So it's going to be hard to tell how good they are. But they have weapons. They have weapons, and they can score. And Hurts is playing a lot better than he played last year. And so it's a, I I think they're for real, and I think they will definitely be one of the teams um, that makes a deep playoff run. And who knows? Maybe the path to the Super Bowl goes through Philadelphia. There's a good chance that that happens this year. Yeah, I mean that was another thing was that their their strength of the schedule. 
was um yeah I don't I think Dallas is probably the best team they're gonna play this year. Maybe you know they won't see a, a good team until they actually hit the playoffs. But for for um, the road to the bowl to go through them, I do think once you get to that point, it's gonna be a little bit harder for them to maintain. Um, because once you get to that point, they're going to be teams that know how to take away certain things that, you know, that they haven't been tested on. You take away the running, his running ability, uh, will he be able to – or, you know, if if they're able to get to him, or is he going to be able to get the pass out in time to, like, A.J. Brown? We'll see. Right. We will see. Right. Um, but right. I it, looks like think... you, it looks like you could throw it right into double coverage to A.J. Brown. Yeah, he's just that good. But I do, I do think the strength of their schedule, it, it's hard for them to. Um, of course, that's not their fault, but same time, it is. It, it's hard to see if they, how they're going to be when they're really tested. So, yeah. um, around Christmas time when they play Dallas again, um, yeah, we'll see how how they they fare up against them. And and that when they play Dallas again, that'll let me know how how real they really are. But yeah. until then, I'm I'm still skeptical about the Eagles. Um, moving on, America's game of the week: Niners and Rams. Christian McCaffrey got the hat trick, um, passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. So, in this game, you really saw what the Niners uh, can do with a, a premier back like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, granted, like Jeff Wilson Jr., he's still good. You know, you still saw him break out some good runs. But, you know, you see a dynamic back like McCaffrey back there. Who, you know, you see what he can do with the ball, and it, it's kind of kind of nice to see from the Niners. Um, I did see them kind of lack discipline early on with penalties. Uh, I think this thing that saved them, I mean, the Rams still scored off penalties, but – um thing that saved them with those penalties was that it was in the red zone so something that would have been like a 15-yard penalty was just half a distance to the goal which was only like you know a few yards but I mean they, they cleaned shit up by the second half and uh, you really saw saw the, uh, the potential of what they can be with all the weapons they have even yeah. though they didn't have so, you know right Debo wasn't even there um, and that honestly, the the throw and the catch were pretty impressive. I mean, the catch was great, and then the throw. You know, you, it's easy to think, oh yeah, any player can make a throw like that. But after watching what Amari Cooper threw tonight, um, <laughs> it just goes to show that no, it's not that easy. So the throw was actually very impressive, also. Yeah, it was. It, it was a thirty-four yard pass, um, over the shoulder. It looked good, and it was a nice, nice tight spiral. So, yeah, um, even Jimmy G looked good in the game. I mean, the Niners looked good all around in the second half. And I was a question I asked last week was, will this bye week help the Rams get their shit together? And I think the only improvement I really saw from them was with uh, Allen Robinson. He came out. He was. You know, he he was slicing up the D a little bit, um, but it still wasn't enough to to put the Rams on um, on the board enough. So score ended up thirty one fourteen Niners. Uh, I do got a question now. Do you think now? I noticed that they were using Chris McCaffrey even in like. In a wasted time, like when they needed, didn't even need to have him in the game. Late in the in the second half, still handing him the ball. Do you think they might be overusing him? I mean, I think that's always a possibility with McCaffrey, for sure. I mean, I think one of the benefits of him going to San Fran was that he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't have to get as many touches and as many be as as part of a, a big as big a part of the game plan as he was in Carolina but i think it's a it's a combination of maybe they want him to get to work on chemistry maybe they really want him to get the reps in with the new system 
I don't think it's worth it because I feel like when you have a lead, you kind of, you know, you sit those players and you don't necessarily have, they don't have to play. He doesn't have anything to prove, but maybe that's what Shanahan was thinking. Maybe that's the direction he was going. He just wanted him to get the reps in so that he could, you know, he could work in the system. Yeah. At a certain point, you know, you know, they're not going to come back. Defense is holding them. Uh, I would have pulled him. I would, you know, I would have just left it to, like, Ty Davis Price is our rookie running back there. I would have just started handing him the ball. Right. Uh, now, at that point, the Rams are already defeated. You, you don't need to risk um, injuring a player that has been injured, made, you know, several times in his career. Um, but, you know, you – that's true because you never know when a player's hip is just going to go up. You never right, and, know. And you saw that with <laughs> his hip. You had to say that. <laughs> but uh, but you My saw hip. that with that, um, that waste of time, Cooper Cup. You know, he did not have to be in the game late in the fourth quarter, ends up injuring his ankle late in the game. Um, so that's kind of brings me to my point with uh, McCaffrey is like, did you really need him in there at that point in the game? Um, you know, he's still as dynamic as he is. He's still a smaller dude. He's not as big as, you know, Cooper Cup or a lot of the guys on, on defense. So it's like, man, you, you really taste, take that risk, and I don't think it's worth it. You yeah, know? it's definitely not worth the CTE to be running him like that. But at the same time, hey, if you – if you want to run him, if he's feeling good, why not? I don't know how many carries he ended up with, but I'm I'm pretty sure he was under under 20. Not sure exactly, but I feel like as long as you're under 20, you're it's a good workload. When you're going over 20 and into the 30 range, that's kind of where it's overdoing it a bit. Yeah, it was under 20. He still touched the ball more than more than that, but uh, I still think late in the game, you don't need him. You don't need him in there. Kind of like uh, I think the Bears did this later in the fourth quarter uh, against Dallas. They took uh, Fields out and put their um, their rookie quarterback in. Kind of like, you, you know, at that point, it's like we're not going to risk hurting him. You know how, you know, when a defense is rolling – is it really worth it? And, you know, you saw that with Cooper Cup, like I said, or, you know, not that long ago. He injured his – he rolled his ankle on that. Um, luckily for him, he didn't do any any major damage. But still, it's just the fact that, hey, you have – especially like in the Rams case, you have your number one receiver on the field. Um, fuck the fact that Allen Robinson's starting to show why you got him on the team in the first place. Cooper Cup's still your number one dude, and he's still your, your, you know, that's the dude you could throw it to. You know he's going to make a play. So, yeah. um, you know, having Sometimes having it feels like they rely like, on him too much. Hey, I'm okay with that because, you know, go Niners. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, though, I think that, uh, I think that division is still close. The Rams still have time to get it together. Seattle's still number one in that division, which is crazy to say um, because I thought for sure Seattle would be drafting in the top five next season, but that's not the case. They're, they're actually number one in that division, and Geno Smith is looking more impressive than arguably any quarterback in the league right now. So I think uh, even Seattle counted Seattle out for this year. But exactly. uh, the one person in Seattle that said, no, fuck that, was Geno Smith. Yeah. Um, I heard, uh, what's it, Mark Sanchez talking about Geno Smith. And, uh, you know, he, he's learned a lot during his time in the league with, you know, playing on different teams. And, you know, he learned to take care of his body. And, uh, you know, I guess the game just kind of slowed down for him. Yeah, so, and he learned. I'm pretty sure he learned to pay people back because he got punched in the face <laughs> because he didn't pay. He didn't pay his teammate back. His teammate had to punch his ass in the face, and so I'm pretty sure that he also learned. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have any outstanding debts 
within the team. I can almost guarantee that. I, I would hope not. But, he, yeah, he's – that team's definitely eh, – I've always hated Seattle. They've always been a a thorn in uh, in the Niners' side. So, yeah, we'll see. We see him again one more time this year. And, you know, we, we got the better of him earlier. So, we'll see. See how – See how well they are with with Gino kind of getting getting their shit together, you know. Metcalf obviously he's back, and Ty Lockett also never left. So, you know, you you do see when you got two receivers like that, kind of where Russell Wilson got a lot of his success. You know, you got yeah. you got two receivers like that that you can just throw it up there, and you know, ninety percent of the time they're going to get it. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, and Kenneth Walker, rookie of the year, most likely. So they're, yeah. they're running back, they're breakout running back. So, yeah, Seattle's most likely. I mean, as of right now, they definitely look like they're going to be one of those teams in the playoffs that you do not want to face. Yeah, we'll see. More and more than Niners, they don't want to face, but yeah, we'll see. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so the, I mean, the Thursday night game. Thursday night game, yeah, it's Eagles-Texans. We were just talking about the Eagles. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we do have Eagles-Texans. Honestly, this is one of them games. If you want to put your rent money, your power bill money, you want to put your kids' tuition on a game, this is the one. You got the red-hot Eagles versus the trash-ass Texans. 100%. You said that shit about the Bills. <laughs> they weren't trapping shit. <laughs> yeah, you know what? They still covered the spread, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, if you yeah, put Green money covered that spread, so <laughs> they made guys win, but they did not cover the spread. And the yeah, game but that's spread. why you got to take money line. You take money line when you when you're betting your kids' tuition. You don't put it on the spread. You money line straight up. So. You're definitely putting your kids' tuition on the Eagles' money line because, I mean, for real, the Texans are one and five. I don't even count the tie as a one. I feel like one, five, and one sounds worse than one and six because that other game you couldn't even win or lose. Like, you failed at both. You failed at losing and winning. Yeah, what do you think about instead of the ties, if you can't if, – if a team can't win – just give them both losses. I'm like both of y'all couldn't win the fucking game. Can you imagine mess that with shit? the standings? Like, that would that would fuck some shit up. But I mean, what a tie doesn't exactly help shit. So I'm telling you, whoever's putting these Thursday night games together, they need to get their shit together in 2023. Because some of these games, I mean, I will give credit. Last week, the Ravens and the Bucks, that was a good one. But the games, I mean, and even I guess the Saints and the Cards were good too. But the but the commies and the Bears and the Colts and the Broncos, those were some terrible games. And this I, this was yeah. most likely gonna be a terrible game as well. Unless you're an Eagle fan. If you're an Eagle fan, you're gonna be hyped for this one. I I will say this about the uh Thursday night games. Amazon got God on that one. Yeah. Anybody, anybody uh, that has, doesn't have Amazon Prime, d- don't worry about it. Or, or NFL Plus, don't worry about it. You're not missing much. Just, just look at the play-by-play on online. You'll be okay. You're not. You're no, really not missing not much. It's definitely <laughs> so, not the same. <laughs> just watch some highlights. And I'm just saying, like it, it's, it's just they're not missing much. By not it depends. If you want to see a lot of AJ, you know, you want to see a lot of AJ Brown highlights. This is the game. He's most likely going to get drug tested on Friday, Friday morning as well, after he fries the Texans secondary. Um, I feel like the Texans, they do have Damian Pierce, the the rookie running back, has had a pretty good year. He's pretty solid. Um, But that offense, that offense is a little suspect. And um, so they definitely need a quarterback, and their defense is trash. So, yeah, this is definitely a perfect storm for the Eagles. Because they let Deshaun walk. That's what that Same. was. Same. Either way, would have been out. But still, like, I guess he just had to get out of Houston altogether. So. <laughs> See. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. when you trade fucking DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips, I'd be mad as shit too. I mean, look at what look at what DeAndre Hopkins is doing now. He had to let everybody know because you know a lot of people were writing him off because he's thirty, and so a lot of people were writing him off, and he had to let them know he's still an elite receiver. He's still a he's still a wide receiver one in this league. And, yeah, but didn't you know, he get suspended for PEDs? Yeah, because if you're not trying, you know, if you're, it, I, I feel yeah, like if you're if you're taking PEDs, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why they're testing fucking AJ Brown because it's shit like that. It's like, you know, oh, you know, he he's having, you know, when's the last time we've seen the receiver do this? Oh shit, he just came out suspended. Test that motherfucker right there. Just in case, just in case. Yeah, but they got anything. him. They got him during the off season, so he must have been he must have been frying corners and <laughs> training camp. <laughs> they were like, "Who the fuck is that?" Piss test his ass. He's fucking well, cooking these corners because they did it happen. It happened in the off season. Like they probably caught his ass at a flag football game, and we're like, "What the drug test his ass?" Well, I I do feel kind of bad where he did the. D'Angelo Hall. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen that video. Yes. <laughs> but that was kind of the end of D'Angelo Hall, but still. Huh. They probably but, yeah. tested him after that, too. And his other guy ended up getting caught in the end. So it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyways, he's back uh, now dominating. And this game, I got Eagles all the way. Eagles money line. Uh, I don't care where they play the game. Uh, the Eagles are going to cook the Texans. You Do score? you have any predictions? Are you taking the trap game upset? You know what? I want <laughs> It's a Thursday night game. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go for the trap game upset. <laughs> I'm gonna go for the upset, ladies and gents. <laughs> Just for the hell of it, it's gonna be. Uh, let's see. 3424 Texans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the second win of the year. That would be wild. That would be wild. I guarantee you someone's taking their helmet off on the field. There's definitely going to be a DJ Moore celebration if that happens. Yeah, uh, you might see me on the field and if that happens, <laughs> that that'd be some crazy shit. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening to Talk the Walk Podcast. You can catch us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment mm-hmm. and have a chance to be features, featured on our next pod. Um, yeah, also catch us on Instagram, Talk the Walk Podcast. Signing out. Have a nice night. Peace, bitch. <laughs>